Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Often throughout sacred scripture, you see God's divine saving power on display in many different ways. Well, this weekend's readings is no different. We see two different ways. Turn to the first reading. Here we have the prophet Isaiah. He's prophesizing to the Israelites who are held as slaves to the Babylonians. They've been conquered by the Babylonians, and now they're chained as slaves working for the Babylonians. All seems hopeless for them. But Isaiah gives the Israelites a message of hope. He says, Thus says the Lord, Say to those whose hearts are frightened, Be strong, fear not. Here is your God. He comes with vindication, with divine recompense. He comes to save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened, and the ears of the deaf will be cleared. Well, it is a message of hope. Isaiah is telling the Israelites, just hold on, keep the faith, and eventually one day God will save them all, liberate them so that they can go back home to Israel and live in freedom. Now, the early church Christians, as they were beginning our church, looked at this prophecy and they applied it to Jesus Christ in his healing ministry. They saw in this prophecy from Isaiah that it spoke about Jesus Christ himself and his miraculous healings as on display in the gospel. Now, how does the gospel begin? It says, Jesus left the district of Tyre and went to the way of Sidon, to the Sea of Galilee, into the district of the Decapolis. Now, I don't know about you, but every time I hear Jesus traveling, the first thing that comes to my mind, this guy must have been in great shape. Think of it. There was no scooters, no bikes, no motorcycles, cars, public transportation. Essentially, wherever Jesus had to go, he had to walk to get there. Now, I lived in Israel for several months, and it's not necessarily a kind place to walk. There are a lot of hills and valleys, narrow ravines, and so he had to be in good shape to get to all these places. Now, he gets to the place called the District of the Decapolis. Now, this is Gentile territory. So we can assume that the people here are not going to really have great faith, or the faith that they have is going to be tenuous at best. Because realize, Jesus really didn't spend a whole lot of time with the Gentiles. Most of his time was taken up with the Israelites. So Jesus and his preaching and teaching have not been heard by many of the Gentiles. Now, the people of the Gentile region here, they do have faith. In fact, they're going to display just how great their faith is. Next, it says, People brought to Jesus a deaf man who had a speech impediment. And they begged Jesus to lay his hands upon him. Well, these people have faith. They're displaying it right at the very beginning. Why? Because they're bringing this deaf man to Jesus. If they didn't have faith, they would never brought this man to Jesus. But they do. They believe. They know who Jesus is. And they know that Jesus can cure this man. That's why they immediately bring this man to him. More to it, 
They have great faith. That's why it says they begged Jesus to lay his hands upon him. Well, if they're begging Jesus, they know that Jesus can cure this man. So does the deaf man. That's why they're begging him. Just please heal him because they know it can come true. Now, Jesus, if you look at his miraculous cures or healings, before he always cures the person, he'll ask them, do you believe that I can do this? Do you believe that I can heal you? And then he heals the person. Now, why does he do that? I think he does that to reach out and bring out that person's faith and then raise it up or strengthen it by that healing. Well, I think he's going to do the same thing with this man who was deaf. Now, this man who was deaf basically symbolizes all of the Gentiles, you know, that they have lacked hearing the word of God. But now they will hear the word of God and hear it distinctly. Their ears and their mouth will be opened up through the word of God. See, what we have to realize, it's a basic biblical truth. The word of God is constantly being preached or talked to us throughout all of the Bible. Go to the very beginning of the Bible, the story of creation in Genesis. God creates this entire universe by his very word. God said, let there be light, and there was light. God said, let the earth spring forth all creatures of the world, and they came into being. God said, let us make man in our own image and likeness, and humanity sprang into being. By God's very word, there is a creative power associated with it. There's a great story of Elijah. He's running away from God in fear of God. And he runs into that cave and he's hiding from God. Suddenly a fire goes by the cave. Elijah thinks God is in the fire. Then an earthquake goes by the cave. Well, God's not in the earthquake. Finally, Elijah hears this tiny whispering sound. And that's the presence of God. God now confronts Elijah in that tiny whispering sound. And it continues, God sends prophet after prophet after prophet to the Israelites so that they can hear God's word. Now, it's interesting. When the prophets are first called, they make excuses. They don't want to do it. They don't want to be a prophet. Look at Moses. Moses says, no, I can't be a prophet. I've got a speech impediment. And he did. He stammered. Isaiah. Isaiah says, no, I, I can't be a prophet. I'm a sinful man. There's other people more honorable than I am. Jeremiah, he says, you know, I can't be a prophet. I'm too young. I'm only 14, 15 years old. No one's going to listen to me. Yet they eventually all surrender. And in doing so, the word of God strengthens them. And now they're able to listen to it and be able to proclaim it. Well, we have to do the same thing in our lives. You know, a great example of this is the call of Samuel. God is calling Samuel to be a prophet. Samuel's response Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I think that should be part of our daily prayer. See, if that is, then we're surrendering to the word of God. Then it empowers us. It strengthens us. St. Catherine of Siena once said, Faith comes from hearing the word of God. Well, that is so true and so simple. Faith comes from hearing the word of God. Now, this deaf man, take it to another level. He symbolizes all those people that are deaf to the word of God, even people in our own day and age. So it begs the question, why? Why are people deaf to the word of God? 
Well, I think it's part and parcel because there are so many voices in our life. Those voices come in different forms. Our careers, our commitments within the communities, media, pleasure, fame, fortune, notoriety, honor. You know, those are all voices. What's the risk? Those voices drowned out the voice of God. I'll give you a great example of this. I've got a friend that teaches at Marquette University in Milwaukee. He tells me of this strange phenomena. Right before his class begins, as the students are entering into his class, it's dead silence. The kids don't talk to each other. Instead, they're very busy texting on their phones or they got MP3, they're listening to MP3 players and they got the little earphones on. So they don't talk to each other. There's dead silence in the class. Now, the instructor makes them put all those things away and turn them off as class begins. But as soon as class ends, they go right back to their phones and MP3 players and they end in dead silence. Well, this instructor is very concerned about these kids because of their lack of communication skills. Well, if we don't listen to the Word of God, then we're not going to be able to speak it. That's exactly what is happening to this man. It says he has a speech impediment. Well, if we in our day and age don't listen to the Word of God, then we have a spiritual speech impediment. You know, there's so many Catholics that come up to me and they say, you know, I've confronted on the soccer field or in an airport or in the grocery store. And people come up to me and, and they say, you know, I don't understand why you Catholics believe this or do these things. And they'll say, I, I don't know how to respond to them. Well, we have to listen to the Word of God. That will give us the strength to respond to them. I'll give you a great example of this. You know, I've got a friend named Scott. Scott just loves to debate and argue, and I've debated him for hours at a time on different things regarding the church. Well, when Jehovah Witnesses come into our neighborhoods, what's our first inclination? Well, we want to hide, don't we? We close the doors, we, we pull down the shade, and then we peer through the shade to see if they're past or if they're gone, and then we just hide in our house. Well, not Scott. When he sees Jehovah Witnesses entering his neighborhood, you know what he does? He goes into his house, makes a pitcher of lemonade, then opens his door and waves them in. Now, there was one time in which Scott debated with these Jehovah Witness persons for two hours. And after that, they left, tongue-tied and twisted. And yet, a week later, the same two men arrived again on Scott's doorstep, and they brought their leader, their assembly or congregational leader with them. Again, Scott made lemonade, and they debated for two hours. And again, they left, tongue-tied and twisted. Needless to say, they never visited Scott ever again. But that doesn't mean that we all have to be like him. That's strong and powerful in our faith and persuasiveness. No, but what we have to do is listen to the Word of God and allow it to transform us and strengthen us. Now, let's get back to the story. Jesus, it says, he took the man away from the crowd. Now, that's an odd detail. Why? Well, you'd think that he would cure this man right in front of all these people. And then it would prove that he truly is the Son of God. The people would believe in him. But he takes the man away from the crowd. Well, in a crowd, there are many voices, right? I know if you go to a party or maybe a wedding reception, well, there are many people speaking. Well, it makes it hard for you to even carry a conversation with the person right next to you because there are all those other voices. Jesus knows that. 
That's why he takes the man away from the crowd to a quiet place. Spiritually speaking, he's taking the man away from all those other voices. So this man now hears one voice, the voice of God spoken to him. And there will be no distractions whatsoever. You know, this reminds me of our Mass. Every time we come to Mass, it is Christ who takes us away from all those voices in our life. He takes us away from all those crowds. And now he takes us to a quiet place here at the Mass in the church. And it is at Mass that we hear one voice and one voice spoken to us, the voice of God. And that's why it's so important for us to come to Mass on a regular basis. Now, Jesus next, he puts his finger into this man's ear. Well, now he's physically connected. He's plugged into this man and his hearing is restored. Well, when we are connected, when we are plugged into Jesus, whether it's at Mass, at prayer, the sacraments, the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, that's when we clearly hear the word of God spoken to us. Notice also, too, it says his speech impediment was removed. Well, so too with us. When we clearly hear the word of God, then we can confidently speak it. We have the strength to be able to talk about our faith, even defend it. Again, faith comes from hearing the word of God. You know, there's some great little lessons for us in the spiritual life. First, always listen to the word of God. It's always being spoken to us. Allow God to take us away from the crowd, away from all those voices, as we come to church for Mass every week and listen to one voice, the most important voice, that of Christ. Stay plugged into or connected to Christ. If we do those things, then we're always going to hear the voice of Christ, differentiated from all other voices, and we're able to speak it. Maybe not as boldly or strongly as Scott, but nonetheless, we are confidently able to speak it and live it out. And may the peace and the grace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.